I am a sick man. I am a spiteful man. I am an unattractive man. I believe my liver is diseased. I felt them positively swarming in me, these opposite elements. They drove me to convulsions and sickened me. I did not know how to become anything, neither spiteful nor kind, neither a hero nor an insect. Now I am living out my life in my corner, taunting myself with the spiteful and useless consolation. Even if I had had magnanimity, I should only have had more suffering from the sense of its uselessness. It is only the fool who becomes anything. The whole principle falls into dust. Tom and Steve listen to the spirit of the age. All they hear is notes from Blunderground. Thank you for joining us today on Notes from Blunderground. My name is Tom, and I'm with my wingman, Steve. How you doing? We are finishing up our uh, short series here, okay? So we have a series uh, called The Boy Crisis, uh, which uh, is actually uh, the title of a pretty great book on on this subject. But we're just talking about um, our thoughts on uh, on men and their plight. Uh, we have a, a, in the modern age. You can go back, and you, we have a couple different uh, episodes uh, that talk about this. And today we're going to wrap it up here. Uh, not that we're going to uh, put an end to... Um, to our statements about this, we're going to talk about this a lot, and, uh, and more than likely we'll come back to it in a second series, I think, at some point in time. But uh, for now, we'll be uh, we'll be releasing some other material. Uh, but I do want to talk about this, and one of the things that really sparked my interest in this, uh, uh, well, my interest in this goes back far beyond uh, Richard Reeves. But w- Richard Reeves recently re- released a book uh, called "Of Boys and Men," and it's pretty. It's pretty important only because of who Richard Reeves is. So Richard Reeves is a leftist, uh, and he works. Uh, he works at. Um, he works at a uh, at uh, a very prominent institute, research institute. Yeah, uh, and he's very well respected. Uh, he did uh, some other books where he talked about classism and economics, and those were very popular books. He's very well respected. So for him to talk about uh, the boy crisis in the way that he talks about it, because his sons, uh, some of the things about his own sons is what illustrates. Uh, is what illustrates what uh, his um, what he writes here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was fascinated. I became fascinated by the book, but also to the reaction of the book as well. Uh, and it kind of had me coming in and take a, 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 a take a good look. Um, so I, I did want to take uh, some time just to talk about this, to talk about the book, to talk about uh, some of the things that um, that have come out of of the book itself and the reaction to it. Yeah, um, you sent me an article uh, that was, I guess, by Wren. Uh, yeah, Aaron Wren. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Aaron Wren. So if you don't know who Aaron Wren is, he's just probably probably the single most smartest person on the planet. I mean, maybe. <laughs> but, um, but I mean, maybe. I mean, sometimes I'll let you give your take on that. What's that now? I'll let you give your take on. Well, sometimes. I mean, probably. I mean, okay. someone's got to take the title. So I mean, maybe maybe be him. Probably. Okay. So maybe, mm-hmm. but you could, but uh, no, he's uh, he works in uh, he works in urban planning, and he's kind of an egghead. He's like me; he doesn't have any hair in his head, but he doesn't mm-hmm. have the sense to have the mustache like I do. 
Um, but you got a uh, face for radio, Tom. Well, hey, no, thank you. No, that's it. You know, and uh, so that's probably probably the difference between Aaron Ren and I. See, I say he's the smartest guy around, probably only because I have the sense to keep my face off of the, you know the screen. But you don't have to do that. Aaron, he'll put his face on the screen, and you can he's kind of you can see how much of an egg he's kind of a middle uh, uh, from Middle America, and he's got the whole Illinois thing going on. Mm. Uh, but uh, so anyhow, uh, but he wrote a review. Yeah, he wrote a review of it there. Yeah, um, yeah. If you don't, if you don't have the link pulled up, I can, I can grab it. Yeah, I didn't know you didn't have the link, dude. No, I do. I have it right here. Oh, you do? Yeah, I do. Then, but I'm familiar with it. So, what do you want to talk about? I mean, oh, I have a pretty good memory. Oh, okay, well, that's why I'm a podcast host. I mean, oh, I had a terrible memory. I'd you'd be swinging an axe. I woke or up at one thirty. Let me alone. <laughs> that's not in the morning, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, mm. that's rough. <laughs> so many things. Yeah, that you want to talk about? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. no doubt. So, so I don't... Go ahead. Yeah, I, I don't know why in the world he lends credence to some of these ideas, like, for instance, the men were more likely to die of COVID-19. Well, he actually, like, he gave, he lent a credence to that idea. Are you talking about Wren or are you talking about Richard Reeves? Pretty sure I'm talking about Wren's article. Yeah, okay, so you're talking about Wren? Yeah. Well, no, that's just an established fact. He, he more, said, men, more men did die of COVID than women. Yeah, yeah, but but the way that, that he stated it was like that he agreed with Reeves' liberal stance on it, like that mattered somehow. Well, no, like, I do. Cares? No, I do. I think, and the reason I, I no, I, I see it, and the reason it matters. So, in the book, Reeves talks about um, the um, there's a, a council. I think there's a council uh, for uh, economic prosperity. Now, under uh, under Obama, uh, it was called the Women's Council for Economic Prosperity, uh, and it was funded. Uh, it was fully funded. And it was only for the economic betterment of women. Now, when Trump came into office, he disbanded the whole thing, and they defunded it, and it it ceased to become anything. And then when Biden became president, it came back. Now, Biden didn't call it a woman's economic council. He actually just called it the economic council. So it's not gendered any longer. However, Reeves, though it's- yeah, Reeves <laughs> points out in the book that even though the title of the council is no longer gendered, that actually they, they do the same exact thing. It's $30 million. They get a They have a budget of $30 million a year. And they uh, they do the same exact thing they did under the Obama administration. So they only focus in on women's economic issues. And so um, and, and Reeves points out that this is true not only in economics, but it's also true in the medical industry as well, that medical that the medical industry has earmarked millions of dollars that is only for female uh, that is only for female medicine. And some of it's research, but a lot of it is accessibility, meaning that if you're a woman, you can't afford to go to the doctor, you can get you can get into the doctor, and so they'll take care of you that way. Now, in 
Reeves makes a kind of a correlation with this in terms of COVID-19. He says, hey, we've been spending all this millions of dollars, like making sure that women can be can get a step up uh, medically. And now we look and we see that indeed more women survived COVID and more men died. So he's using that as a way to say, hey, we need to take a step back and look at funding medicine for both men and for women. So I think when Ren talks about that, he's, he's kind of talking about that. So is he using that as like a snarky comment sort of thing? Like I, yeah. I think probably he is, yeah. All right. I, I, I'm not okay. looking at the same exact quote, but I think he probably if is. If he's using it that way, then fine. I mean, he, he did at least acknowledge the fact that the author of that book was an institution stooge, essentially. Yeah, I mean, I don't like, I, I don't, so I, I don't have anything, I don't have anything against Richard Reeves. Like, I don't agree with him, really. And and the more that I, I get to see him, the more that I get to know him, you know, Richard Reeves is a dad. I mean, he's concerned. And, and even though his, like, for, I, I wouldn't agree with him politically, uh, but I, I do, I'll say this. I get where he's coming from. I mean, uh, let me give an example, right? So one of Reeves' kids is uh, is kind of a, a bit of a softy, and he wants to be a teacher, and he's a pretty good one. And so anyhow, uh, he talks about how his kid runs into problems because a lot of times he goes into these schools, and these schools want to have women it'd be teachers and so he feels like his son is a little bit discriminated against because you know people look at him and they say oh it's a guy so he's probably going to be like an angry person but no actually he's not he's you know so he wants his son to have a fair shot so i can empathize with that you know reeves wants his kid to have a fair shot that's a great thing and also too have you read the chapter that reeves writes against the left he has a chapter against the left and a chapter against the right i'll be totally honest with you i went to the reviews first and if I had read one page of that book, I'd have burned it. Well, I, absolutely not. I, M- MRAs got brought up, and I assume those are in. You know, that was kind of like. Oh yeah, I, Ren. Yeah, Ren. Uh, talking about MRAs. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I assume that's kind of like the Council for Women's whatever. You no, uh, MRA is an acronym. It means Men's Rights Activist, and so these are um, these are primarily these are women. They're primarily from. Uh, Second wave feminism. It kind of it's a bit of an offshoot from second wave feminism. That's, that's not even close to the way I read that. I read that as like men that were like getting together and being activists, but they couldn't. Uh, one of their big problems is is they can't uh, recruit like they. I think they call it mainstream men. Is what what was in the article? No, no. Ren is. Uh, no, I think you don't read into it too much. Ren is. Uh, no, Ren is just saying that. So effectively is. Men's rights activists are an offshoot of second wave feminism, and so these are a group of women that they recognize the plight of men, and but they recognize the plight of men, and they 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 want to improve the plight of men, and Reeves kind of marches in step with them. I don't think he Ren doesn't think that they're uh, he's an MRA, and I don't think that either. But they had they share a lot of similarities. Okay, so these MRA groups, right? These women, effectively, what they do and what Reeves does is they effectively want to they what they want to do is they look at the women and they say well women were oppressed and what we did was we 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 did a lot of griping and we did a lot of work and we did a lot of marches and then the government came along and made everything better and now we can do whatever we want 
So now what we need to do is we need to go back and do it again, except it needs to be the men. So like the men need to be able to go and they need to be able to be like us and be able to do what they want, right? So the the issue is that men still, and it's, it's, it's always, it's usually related to patriarchy. They'll say, well, men are still stuck in this patriarchal system, so we need to break them out of it just like we broke ourselves out of it, right? Ugh. And so this is where, like, and this is where one of Reeves' flaws is. Like Reeves kind of, and, and this is where I thought those chapters were very important because the, the the chapter where Reeves is writing to the right side of the political spectrum, I thought was, man, it just was full of unspoken assumptions. I mean, like, he, he makes accusations that are just, like, they're not even relevant. I'm like, he talks about how he says, well, the right wants to, they, they want to have a more traditional society where women don't have the right to work anymore. Like, how, like number one, who is saying that? Like, nobody, okay? And number two is, even if somebody was saying that, like, how is that even going to happen? These are endless, like, what is toilet that e- arguments. They like, just go around in circles, like, what are they? What are they going to, what is that even going to look like? I mean, right. I'm not even aware of anyone that, that does it. And here's the thing, and, and talk about shaking the table, right? So, here's the thing. Women have so many options, and their options transcend a lot of moral behavior, all right? So, for example, uh, and so uh, so with men, they want men to have the same options as well. So effectively, and, and so for, um, let me give an example. An example for Reeves would be marriage, right? So Reeves believes, Reeves, Reeves and I watched this, I watched an interview with Reeves, and he said this, and I, it kind of shocked me when he said it, but he doesn't look happy about it. I think he's kind of a traditional guy at, the, at heart, you know? But he um, he talks he talks about marriage like it's unsavable, basically saying that, hey, if, if we all get together and try to save the concept of marriage, then we're just going to exhaust ourselves and society is just going to fall. Like we, we basically should just forget about it. And what we should do is we should try to save fatherhood because all children have fathers and, you know, men get a lot of meaning out of fatherhood. So this is where the battle should be. But he's, he's kind of skipping over marriage. And so – um, and so basically what he's trying to do is he's trying to create an environment where men can have the same rights that women can, right? A woman can decide – one woman can say, I want to be the world champion of the UFC. And and she can do that. Like there's a path for her to be able to do that. And then another woman can say, well, I want to be uh, a CEO of an engineering firm and I want to be an engineer. Well, you, she can do that too. That, that's something that she can do. And then another woman may say, I want to be a housewife and a homemaker and I want to you know be with my kids. And that's fine too. So they have all the options. Well, Reeves would like to have an option as well. He would like to have men to say, one guy would say, well, you know what I want to do is I want to um, I want to work in a factory and then I want to I want to be a foreman and I want to you know be in the home and another guy can say, yeah, I want to um, you know run a, a drag drag queen uh, place and I want to you know be a drag queen dancer and then that and then another guy can say, well, you know I want to be uh, you know uh, I don't know like a yeah, name your profession yeah, here. poet or whatever. Right. And that men will be able to do what women will do. Okay, let me even use a more example. So women can do OnlyFans, right? So a guy could conceivably have his own uh, – Could a guy could say, like, a, for example, um, a dress model. A guy could say, well, I want to model dresses, right? And so what we end up doing – so what we end up doing is we end up – eroding the moral fabric okay so we end up eroding the moral fabric and so what happens is uh and so uh, when you have that 
everything just falls apart. Guys can't be dress models because even when guys are dress models, they end up identifying as a female. Now they're a female anyway, so guys well, can't right, be dress yeah, models. There you go. See, the, look, and, like and, I, I know you like to dig down to like the deep levels of this stuff. I get it. I know that's what we do here. Oh man, some of these topics, man. I'm ne- like, I'm I am way too far on the other side. Like, I am so glad politics pretty much got taken out of my life and, and having to listen to people on the left that are just completely retarded like this. Like, I just, like, I heard the term male malaise. I literally had to look that up. I'm like, what? Are and apparently it's just a, a feeling of discomfort you have, but you don't quite know why. And you know what? I've used this example before about Beyonce, right? Like, how is this person a billionaire, right? Right. Well, I'll tell you exactly how. People pay attention to her. There are articles everywhere about this topic right here. Like I, when I searched male malaise, yeah, I, dude, I could have hit scroll five thousand times and never come to the end of the articles on this. Right? Yeah, it is insane. It is insane. It's yeah. not that it's a big deal. It's that these people keep writing about it. Get do do what I do. Get one page into this. Be like, yep, that's pretty stupid. Goodbye. Nobody would ever lend credence to this. There wouldn't be MRAs. There wouldn't be women marching in the streets. If we go back to Christian mind, what are we supposed to do? Stand on our principles. Not not engage in this left and right and back and forth. What's the principles? What does God have to say about it? Well, we shouldn't even be talking about men wanting to have dresses on. Ever. At all. This People like him should be ignored. This book should have never even been read. Richard Reeves should be irrelevant. That's my take on this. I don't know. I don't know how to get around that. I think the defense comes from, uh, comes to the boys themselves, just defending the boys themselves. So Reeves talks about this in the book in terms of how, um, in terms of how the, the struggle for a boy, for a man, is not as structural, just like the female struggle was structural, was structural. So basically, women had structural issues, okay? They couldn't vote. They wanted to get the vote. They got the vote. Mm-hmm. They couldn't go to college, and then change, and they went to college. Sure. And they couldn't get in the workplace, and they climbed the ladder, and then they were able to change, at change, and then they were able to do that. And those were all structural. They couldn't divorce. They couldn't have no fault divorce, where they could just leave up and leave if they wanted to for no reason. And these are all movements that resulted in like physical changes you could see. Yes. Oh, yeah. They changed the way that society looked and the way that society acted. Okay. And so, men. Traditionally, when they have troubles, their troubles are not are never seen as structural. Okay, they're always seen as individual, meaning that when someone sees a boy acting badly, no one says, "Well, what is it about society or the world that is causing the boy to have a problem?" And people just say, "Well, boys are just inherently violent. It's toxic masculinity, right?" So, uh, um, so 
the uh, uh, for example, uh, uh, like in the military, right? So I would say, like when 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 I see that the the proportion of female uh, service members, uh, the proportion of service members are is increasingly female. I don't necessarily think about more females are now getting, you know, getting indoctrinated to be mean, mean spirited and, and brutal. And that's not really what I think. What I think is, oh, the military branch is becoming more feminine. And so the reason I think of this is because I think of women's struggles as being structural. And I say, well, it's the structure that changes. It's not the individual fem- female themselves. Yeah. However, when a boy grows up to be a man, he goes into the workforce, right? No one says, well, and then he wants to be, say, for example, he wants to be an HR manager. And that's what he's good at and he wants to do in his life, and that's fine. But let's say he wants to do that. Like, it, no one says, well, the structure of the way that corporate HR works is not conducive to a man. They just say, well, you know, you need to become more relational. You know, you're not friendly enough or, you know, you're not you just don't fit in here because you're not uh, you're not in tune with the way we do things around here. Right. It's always you, you, you. It's the problem with the boy or the man. It's not a structural problem. And so one thing in the book that Reeves tries to do is he tries to point out the structures that are inherently against men. And as Christians. We can actually take it a step further, and we can look at the structures of society, all right? For example, the structure of marriage. I find it highly offensive that Reeves uh, disdains marriage as an institution. Um, I don't think he personally feels an animus towards it, but he's given up on it. And so for me, like, so I'm more of a George Gilder guy, right? Like, I, I, and, and he talks about this in the book too, Reeves does, how Basically, is the whole idea that men will need to be a provider and a protector within a marriage relationship in order to fully commit, right? Like, there's this idea that men will not fully commit. Like, so women need men to fully commit 100% to a to, to a relationship. They they yeah. require this. And maybe not in the modern age that we've replaced this, but and so in the past women needed men to commit 100% and they needed that they needed to be able to go to bed and wake up every morning knowing that the commitment was 100%. And so the question became, what do we need to do to create a structure that will incentivize a man to commit 100%? And so one thing that Gilder talks about and other people have talked about as well, um, sociologists and anthropologists have talked about how it's really based upon it's based upon um, it's it's patriarchal uh, in the sense that uh, the man needs to know that the the children are his. So there has to be some sort of exclusivity so that the man has a reasonable assurance that the offspring is his. He, He needs not to be cucked. So that's that would be one, and the other is to be a primary provider, and the other is to be a primary protector. And so, these and so structures were put in place to ensure that these were predictable and plentiful. Okay, so no sex outside of marriage. Um, you know, sex was only uh, for uh, for after you got married, and um, you know the the woman stayed home and the man went to work. Right? Reeves talks about this in the book how when he was a kid. 
his parent, his father lost his job and was unemployed. And he talks about how uh, for the script, he says, my family had a social script. Like my father, when he lost his job, no, no one came home and, you know, we, we didn't, no one sat at the, we, they didn't sit at the kitchen table and talk about what mom was going to do to start earning money. No, no, no. They had a script. Like they knew that even though j- dad didn't have a job, dad was have to go out and get another job yeah. because things were not going to change for mom. And that was the social script that they yeah. knew. Right. And so, uh, and so to to have those, so you have the um, the man is the pro- provider for the social uh, the social script, and he's also the primary protector. So, for example, uh, the man would have the onus to train with a gun, to know how to use it, to own one, yeah. uh, to not be over to not be overly reliant on the. Um, to not be overly reliant on local protection uh, because it puts a burden on the local community, right? If you have, uh, if you need a, a robust police force in your community, it costs money to be able to give it, uh, to give all the wives the protection that they feel they need. Yeah. Right. I mean, so those are huge expenses. Uh, so anyhow, you get a provider, a protector, a, a, a progeny, you know, uh, so you have all these things and you build these things into the structure. Well, when you, Begin to, now for Reeves, he looks at the structure and says, "Well, this is not very fair to women. So what we need to do is we need to get rid of the." So for Reeves, he doesn't celebrate it as a positive, which I appreciate, but he does acknowledge it as a, I mean, I think in his heart of hearts, he feels like no, the the world's a better place when women can do it all. And for him, and this is what Ren talks about in his review, is Ren it, um, and this is again going back to those MRAs, is. The ultimate failure here is that it's all tinkering, right? It's all tinkering. It's basically they're saying that, well, you know, we have a little list of things that men can't do. And if we are to, if, if we tinker with the list, then things will get better. And so, but there's actually a structure. So one, as a Christian, we can say when the structure of marriage broke down, then that's where things went bad. So in order for us to get back to the stability that we had, we need to, we need to, re- we need to have the structure. And the structure comes from the Bible, Right. So yeah. where we have we can see women are commanded to submit to the man. And then we can also see that one marriage is between one man and one woman. And we do have no sex outside of the marriage bed. Yep. And also, um, uh, excuse me. Uh, yeah. Uh, so we have all these things that come from Scripture. Uh, and once we break those down, then we begin to break down. Then that's where we get a lot of this social malice. So that's where like a man like myself and Richard Reeves could be on the same page and yourself too by the way all three of us can agree that what we have now is ultimately destructive like if we continue on this path things are going to get worse and we're and no one can say where we're going to end up 100 percent, 100 percent. yeah so we can all agree on that so where where we where we would disagree would be going back to the root causes. So I don't want people to I don't want people to read the book or to think or to frame this discussion thinking that, well, if we get more male nurses, then this is going to be a good thing. No. What we need is we need Well I don't think anybody does that. Yeah. Yeah. Except for Reeves himself, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, but we do these are all things that we can, you know, discuss. You know, something that um uh a concept that's not even in Reeves' book. I don't think it's in the book. Uh, and I don't think that Ren talks about it either. Uh, but uh, the, like, uh, for example, uh, this whole concept of the haphazard self—have you heard about this? No, explain that one to me. Well, this here, like in in the book, so one thing that Reeves talks about is he talks about how women, okay, in a traditional marriage, 
and the man provides and the woman cares right the woman uh, the woman cares for the the children and so one thing that Reeves talks about is how ultimately equality is going to come from women like he says women began with caring and then they pushed forward and now they provide so now they have both roles okay. now he says what men need to do is men need to do the same thing except with the inverse men provide now they need to push forward and they need to care so um in the book reeves has all these these suggestions and and hey listen I, i'm with you on these okay i don't i don't subscribe to these at all but for example he says that um in paternity suits where like for example men men uh, pay women money yeah that men should be able to offer child care and offset yep. their expenses yeah 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 things like this yeah i remember ren's comments on that one yeah yeah and he's uh, he's talking about that and then uh he also, um, but and then he talks about how uh, government should come along and they should uh, they should incentivize men to open up daycare centers and, and things like this. So um, effectively, is uh, that's what he wants, and and that's kind of where society is gone. And back it was, I think it was in two thousand and eighteen, two thousand nineteen. Uh, I think there was an article in the New York Times. I think it was, uh, I think it was back in nineteen, but. They have a uh, this whole concept of the haphazard self. Okay, so men connect their self-worth effectively to three institutions all right so they're affecting it's 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 usually it's it's the wife it's the job and it's the church okay so effectively it's the it's the family the career and the community all right so usually usually family the man connects himself to the wife and usually in the job, it's uh, they connect them um, through the career. They connected themselves to the job, and then in the community, they connect themselves to the church. Uh, traditionally, I was gonna say traditionally. Yeah, traditionally. <laughs> and so this would be where men uh, create. Um, and uh, so what they do is they create. Uh, that's how they get their stability. And so uh, they have what's called. Um, they have what's called like a, a, a generative self, okay? So it's called a generative self. So what you're doing is you are partnering with the wife to generate a family. Mm-hmm. You're partnering with your job to generate a career, and mm-hmm. you're partnering with your church to generate a community. Yeah. And so what you're doing is you are, it's very, it's a patriarchal, is what you're doing is as a man, you are proving your usefulness, Right. Okay, and that is a key part. That's a whole key part of the scenario is because a man has to be useful. Okay, and this is the I think people dance around this a lot of times. All right, like men must be useful because a man who is not useful is no good to anyone. Right. Right. I mean, it's just he's he's not he's he's taking up space, and and I don't need to be. I don't even need to tell you that, okay? So if you're a guy, you know that intuitively, all right? Oh, yeah. Like you can stand in front of a mirror and think about it for five minutes, and you can come up <laughs> with you can think about, and then you know that unless you're useful, then you, then you're you're not you then you have to be useful in I order. Think to even female spiders eat their mates when they're done. There you go, right? There you go. <laughs> so there you go, right? No, no question. This. And we see this in our modern society, I mean, yeah. right? So effectively, uh, with a hookup culture, right? So a woman is, um, a woman can hook up with a guy, get pregnant, and then not even know the guy, 
and then she can get the state to become her provider and her protector uh, through the welfare system, and then she can get the baby without having to entangle herself with the man, effectively just uh, offering free sex. So I mean, much. right? So effectively by the woman saying that, hey, I, I'm, I'm easy and you can have free sex and you can have easy access, then the woman can have herself set up within the structure that the man needs. The man needs the structure in order to prosper. And for her, it's an option, that it, all right, and, and it's one that's a pain in the butt. So she can just get say I, that's too much work for me, and she can just get rid of the option and do it a different way. Yeah, I don't so, think anybody thinks of it that deeply. I never have. Uh, it, I yeah, I've never thought about like the structure because that would that links to signaling. It really that's does. the structure. Yep. signaling to women that you don't need the men anymore. Yeah, it really does. And what we've done is, so let's go through each one of these, okay? So we have the wife connects the man to family, job connects the man to career, and then we have the church connects the man to the to the community. Right. So, and this is how the man's useful. The man's useful to the family, useful to the, okay, good, useful to the family, Yep. <laughs> useful to, the, um, to his career, and then also useful to the, uh, excuse me, uh, uh, Useful to the community. So when a man reaches the end of his life, his family members say, boy, you know, dad was a heck of a provider. We couldn't have done it without him. Sure. You know? And then his, uh, his, uh, at his job, at his career, then people can say, boy, you know, in the course of this man's life, we made so many advancements. And I just can't imagine, you know, such and such career reaching the heights that it did, you know, without his particular, uh, without him being a backbone, you know? Yeah. And then in terms of, like, the community, people can say, oh, you know, uh, these community in our community, it just wouldn't be the same without you, right? So, and, and men, this is what men need, right? Men get to the end of their lives, and they can look back, and then these are the institutions that provide them with meaning, right? Yeah. And so, what we've done with our society here is we've now we've we've broken down the bond, the the institution of marriage. So now we we no longer have a solid institution of marriage. Marriage rates are at an all time low. And we've replaced uh, we've we've replaced um, the uh, the marriage bed with hookup culture, and we have now an alternate neat means. So now, if someone, so now a man must a man must signal in a specific way, right? A man must signal he is actually competing with the state. So when you're you're trying to you're trying to attract a woman for a family, you're actually competing with the state there. And so in terms of a career, men, in terms of their jobs, their careers, we've covered this, I mean, quite a bit. I think the other day we were talking about it in the last podcast, uh, how men uh, are being adversely affected in the careers. They're not relational. Oh, yeah. The careers now are social. We have the so we have now, uh, we've gone past the information age. We're now in the social age. You can go back at a whole podcast about that. Yep. And then now we are in a post-Christian culture, okay? We have churches that close every single day, and we are now in a post-Christian culture. Uh, we have dropping religious beliefs. And um, also, too, even when the even in places where the church is established, we don't have strong community ties because Christianity is now seen as a lifestyle choice and not as a cultural institution. Yeah, so <laughs> right, yeah. So if you're a guy and you come out, you say, "Well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to dress up all snazzy and take a shower. I'm going to go out and get myself a girl, and then I'm going to go out and I'm going to get myself a job, and then I'm going to go out and I'm going to you know become an elder in my church." That's, you know, like those are all good things, but those things don't provide you with the kind of meaning and structure that they did in a previous generation. It's not enough to motivate somebody. No. To, it's, not, it's, it's, it's not because there's, there's no reward 
at the end of it because what you see is 80% of the time people fail at that. I mean, I'm not throwing an exact percentage at that, but right. How it's rare to run into people like you who have been married for 25 years. You know, you know it really is. No, I realize it's rare for me to find him, actually. I, you know, a dear friend of mine, actually, uh, celebrating his 26th, probably today or tomorrow, last day, or uh, yesterday. I think and, you uh, guys will be the last generation of we that might if we don't be, change something. We might be. I was so pleased when I saw that that post, that their, their 26th anniversary. So wonderful to see. Good for them, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, really good for them. And so here, so this creates, this is a generative self, right? Now, they identified what they call the haphazard self, all right? The yeah. haphazard self, okay? Let's say, for example, that you are on in a play, all right? And so you're in a play. If you're a woman, you go on stage, you got like a bunch of scripts in your pocket. And you're like, oh, which script do I want today? You're like, uh, one of the scripts says, <laughs> one script says world champion of the UFC. Okay, then I got that one. And then another one says, uh, you know, June Cleaver. Okay, that's the one. Then you've got another script. That script says, you know, Hil- uh, Hillary Clinton. And that's fine. Then you got another script. And this one says CEO. And so that's good. So you got a bunch of scripts in your pocket. And so you can just kind of choose which one you want, and then you read from the script, right? <laughs> Pretty well, much. Okay, so the guy comes up on the scr- uh, on the play. This is like a, a, one of them play you know, uh, stages, right? They call stage. So the boy comes up on the stage and the boy has no script, right? Like there's no script. So what do you do when there's no script, right? What do you do? You make it up as you go. You make it up as you go along and you improvise. And so what happens is these guys, these men get involved in broken relationships with women and they improvise because it's broken and they don't know what to do. They try to get a job and they flounder because they're not sure of what to do because they end up floundering because they don't fit in anywhere and nothing that they're good at is incentivized. So they make it up as they go along, right? Because they flounder. And then they go and then the you know they they have we have dysfunctional churches and we have small and, and the churches are dying and then we have no we have disconnected communities because the community, the public square is now on your phone, it's on Twitter, it's not in your town anymore. So Yeah, there's now, actually jokes about that too. Like wanna go somewhere nice and hang out on our phones? Right. Yeah, yeah, seriously, right? right? Yeah. yeah, no, it's true. And so then, once that breaks down, then you're making it up as you go along. You're improvising. You're making it up as you go along. And so we have men out there. We have women out there who look at the structures and they they have choices and they they are supported in the choices. And then the men they have no structure. They're making it up as they go along. And so then what we do is we ask, we say, well, why do we have school shooters? Or why do we have men that are no longer interested in being fathers anymore? Okay. Right? Yeah. Or um, why do we have, you know, failing religious belief? These are reasons. We have the haphazard self. The haphazard self is oftentimes based on a community, right? And we all know this, right? We know guys, right? Like guys who want to help others. Like all I want to do is help people. Like I, I got I, I, like, and I, I got friends. I mean like and, and, and these friends will say, you know, hey, I live to help people out. Like I want to help people, and oftentimes that that is a, that is a key aspect, like of this haphazard self. Is men are looking at their communities and they're saying, you know, I don't want to live in me anymore. I just want to help people because what they're doing is they're looking for this localized meaning, right? They're saying, well, you know, if I can help out all the old ladies in the in the neighborhood 
to fix their water heater, then, you know, whenever people get hot water, they're going to say, I'm really glad that so-and-so was available to help me out. Yeah, it gives them meaning. Right? Yeah. yeah, it gives them meaning. Purpose, and that gives yeah. them a sense of purpose and a sense of meaning. It's a sense of get up in the morning, right? Exactly. And so uh, they'll have those. And so that's what this is, is this whole idea of this haphazard self. And so th- this idea of kind of making it up as we go along. Now, to Richard Reeves, to Richard Reeves, this involves... Uh, using money to incentivize men to become uh, elementary school teachers and to become nurses. And it also involves society forming a role for a father that's not connected to marriage. So that, uh, and I thought this was great. And I know I said here, there's this great, great part of this interview, right? Where they're talking about fatherhood and residential fatherhood, meaning father in the home. Because studies show that when the father is in the home, right? That, uh, that when the father's present, that things go better for the kids. Go figure. Well, yeah, right. No, right. So anyhow, there's this great, uh, this is a great thing where, um, where Reeves is basically, where, uh, where basically they're talking about residential fatherhood, and then uh, Reeves is saying, oh well, uh, you know, we don't have any correlation about uh, whether or not uh, it, it, it doesn't matter if the father's in the home or if he's just not in the home. You know, like they, they try pretending the problem doesn't exist. Right. Yeah. And so it's just because all the numbers that show residential, all the numbers we don't know. He says, well, we don't know if the numbers for residential fatherhood are high because the father's present in his life or because he's present in the home. Oh, come on. Right. Yeah, I know. That's what I said, too. <laughs> That's what I said, too. But uh, but, you know, he has these ideas about this. And so those ideas are not going to move the needle. Those ideas are not going to move the needle. What's going to move the needle is going back and looking at the structures of the marriage structure, which should come from the Bible. And it should come from a it should come from strict sexual morals and it should come with the roles in the home. And then we also should go back into uh, into in terms of our careers. Now. Listen, a lot of this, you're never going to put the genie back in a bottle. He talks about this, too, in the book. But in terms of our careers, we do need to make sure that men can, we need to be able to focus in on the usefulness of men, right? Men need to be able to have ways to be useful. And I thought one of the reviews that was really good uh, was he was talking about how, you know, why do we need to have programs for all this stuff? Like, why can't we just make sure that things are fair? Because ultimately, this is where it all comes down to. That's, that's almost where I'm at. Like, how do you, how do you fix this? Well, see, the, here's the thing, and there's always the unspoken assumption, and that's what we're all about here uh, on uh, at Blunderground and Blunderground Studios. But here's the thing: if if everybody can do everything, then where's the morals, right? Like, so effectively. Effectively, Reeves kind of he doesn't really have morality in this book. Like basically, he's saying that, okay, well, like a woman can have choices. She can be world champion. She can be champion of the world, the UFC. She can be a homemaker, or she can be an OnlyFans model. Okay, you have those three choices. Now you can give men three equal choices. All right. Now that's to, that to Reeves would be a more equal world. Like Reeves could say, "Well, you should be able to have an OnlyFans model and um, and uh, and and a uh, 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 a man who uh, uh, who owns a dress shop, you know, and sells dresses." Okay. And the man should be able to be a father, uh, and yeah, you know, to say that the man should be able to be a father, um, 
or I, I let me use a different example. Uh, how about like a drug dealer, right? Maybe that's a better one. So you could say like, uh, it's not a good example. No, it's not a good example. Not a, not a good example to set. It might work for what you're saying. Uh, it might work for what I'm saying. I'm trying to think. <laughs> well, I'm trying to think of what a good example would be here. Yeah. So uh, you have um, so. Uh, 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 Are we looking for like a gender neutral example? Yeah. Well, no, I'm kind of looking for a gendered one for like a male one, but say. So anyhow, if everybody can do everything and okay. all the options are available for everyone, then I'm not sure where morality comes in. Yeah, that's true. You see, because, I see what you're saying. Like, you can say that an OnlyFans model is a bad person because the marketplace of ideas says they were a bad person. But remember, like back what Bill Myers was talking about, that's a secular way of thinking, and that's going to eventually succumb to narrative and institutional power. And you as a regular person are going to have no power over that. Right? You're just going to get run over. Well, it doesn't lead us to an objective truth. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. No, you need objective truth because okay. that's the only thing that will stand. You know? So you're saying that we— Popular whatever. opinion is only going to stand for a certain amount of time. So you and I can both agree that, that objective truth comes from the Bible 1 and 2. Objective truth needs to rule, needs to, needs to be the ruling assumption of the day. Oh, absolutely. Okay, so we can agree on that. Where, where we part is I go, I guess I don't know—I don't know how to— how to fix that. And I guess Ren by saying, you know, we can't put the genie back in the bottle type of thing. Like I'm glad someone's acknowledging that like there's almost no way to fix it or, or at least not go back to where we were. But, um, through years of me talking to people, no, I haven't gotten through anybody. I'm nobody special. Yeah. So, so, so what public discussion start moves the needle on this is where, where, what moves the needle on this? All right. So let me put it to you this way. All right. I'll do this to kind of wrap it up. This is a, it's a good question. I'm glad that you said that. So <clears throat> here. So society at one point in time had male providers. Okay. Male protectors. Useful men. Admired men. And a strict hierarchical structure. Agreed. Okay. Agreed. Yep. All right. Good thing. Bad thing. What do you think? I think that was a pretty good thing. Good thing, all right? I do too, all right? I agree. <laughs> yeah. So we agreed that these are all good things. Yeah. And we got, and that's what, five, five things? It was a lot of things. Right? Okay, it's five things. All right, so we got five things, okay? So now we have something we can move towards, all right? Yep. Here's what we have currently, okay? All right? All right, listen. When you can't, when you can't be a provider or a protector and you don't feel very much admired and you don't feel useful and you don't really exist in any sort of kind of community hierarchy that does you any good, all right, listen, it takes a lot of drugs, a lot of alcohol, a lot of sports, a lot of video games, and a lot of argument, all right, to cover for that. Fair. All right. Fair. And so I, those are five things that we have in our society today that are overwhelming young men. And so I think that the more people that talk about moving from drugs to provision, from alcohol to protection, from sports to being useful, from video games to being admired for the skills and the, the traits that you possess, and from endless argument to working within a hierarchy, I think that all of us are going to be a lot better off. That's a heck of a lot better explanation. Yeah, so yeah, no that 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 makes it pretty pretty clear that uh, the usefulness in bringing those points to light, uh, or the usefulness of bringing those points to light, because for someone like me, I mean, like I said, I I just sit here and would say the same thing, like yeah, there's yeah. no way we're gonna fix this, right? And if you if you say that about anything, then you're not going to fix it. Um, I think it's it's not so much the talking about it as it is emphasizing that 
yeah. um, within our culture over and over and over. True enough. You know, so because, yeah, because any of us can look at it and, and say, well, you know, you need to man up. But I think even the people that say that can acknowledge, all right, well, there are some people who have different mental acuities right. and, and, and they're different mental weaknesses. We all have weaknesses. All of us, yeah. And, uh, you know, that won't allow them to just man up and put up with it or whatever when there's a societal structure that's built against them. Right. So, I mean, much in the way that the other movements have had this huge narrative that's talked about these problems, you know, nobody's actually identified the root causes ever. Like, you you literally just identified them. Like the first time I've heard it, mm-hmm. and I've been in these discussions for years, so much that I gave up on it, yeah. which is where we, we talked about this earlier in the Boyd crisis is, that's where people are at. Yeah, they've true. just given up. Right. Good point. Yeah, that's you right. Know? Well, I think a lot of people have. Yeah, they've checked out and they become like outlaws and they work towards the the ending of the the society. That's what people don't understand is you you're like men are not going to stay silent. Like and I think Reeves that's one of the reasons why the book I actually kind of respect the book in a lot of ways cuz Reeves never says it, but I, I think this guy kind of gets it. Like he knows like you're not going to take 100 million men and you're going to ostracize them and think that the culture is going to survive, like the country's going that's going to keep going. It's not going to happen. I don't think he writes that book especially being on the left uh if he doesn't know that yeah i I think he has a sense (laughs) of that yeah yeah right well very good thank you for joining us today and we really appreciate you uh making it this far and uh so if you're hearing the sound of my voice we certainly thank you uh and if you are a young man hey don't lose hope uh there is a god of the universe who loves you and there are answers uh and so uh, engage with the counterculture of our time, all right, which is objective truth, objective standards. And if you still want to know more, Steve and Tom will be here. So we'll be back, and you can check us out on all three of our podcasts. I do suggest that you go over to Blunderground Railroad, where we go from ignorance to knowledge. That's a great place to start. Thank you, and we'll see you down the road. I am a sick man. I am a spiteful man. I am an unattractive man. I believe my liver is diseased. I felt them positively swarming in me. These opposite elements. They drove me to convulsions and sickened me. I did not know how to become anything. Neither spiteful nor kind. Neither a hero nor an insect. Now... I am living out my life in my corner, taunting myself with the spiteful and useless consolation. Even if I had had magnanimity, I should only have had more suffering from the sense of its uselessness. It is only the fool who becomes anything. The whole principle falls into dust. Tom and Steve listen to the spirit of the age. All they hear is notes from Blunderground.